Blog Talk Radio. Oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> okay. All right. brand new, like Pepsi, that's a brand name, I stand behind it, I guarantee it, they know that, even if they don't know me any more than they know the, the, the chairman of General Mills, <laughs> what I'm right? talking about is, when you chop my dope down, one, two, three, four, five percent, and then you call it Blue Magic, that is trademark infringement, you understand what I'm saying? Trademark. Hey y'all, it's your girl D. Scott, and it is Tell the Truth Tuesday, April 12th, 2016, and I am still riveting off my conversation last night with a young lady out of um, Chicago area. I actually just finished watching um, the uh, show that they did on VH1 about Barbershop Part 3, the movie that's coming out. That's actually part of it was filmed in Chicago. Um, Ice Cube, Common, and my boy Ryan Henry that, you know, I adore so much was were actually on the panel with Sway um, talking about some of the, you know, things that they face being in the inner cities and things as such. So my truth for today, because I've, I've stopped sharing as much as I normally do on the Internet because, you know, I've just I've been in a, a weird place. So Tell the Truth Tuesday, again, we started for mental health purposes and so as I near, you know, some some very big benchmarks, it's been very difficult for me to function and to be, you know, as present on the Internet as, as I could. Um, just because, like I said, my mom's, you know, death anniversary is coming up in um, two weeks, 13 days to be exact, and I'm getting ready to purchase my first home the day after tomorrow, the one, well, one in my name. Um and I'm starting renovations on that, and I'm finishing the renovations at my parents' house and just getting all that done, so I just keep putting things on my plate. And so basically, um, today's show is about all the things that are making me happy right now. So I feel like we spend so much time putting negativity in the universe, and people don't understand the universe hears you, right? So you ever see when people, you know, like your Kurt Cobains and your different artists, you know, it's like, oh, wow, art imitating life or not. You know, you can't go around saying in the universe, like, I think I'm going to die like this, or I think that this is going to be my way to go, or if I'm going to die, bury me inside the Gucci store. Like, because you keep putting that in the universe, and the universe at some point is going to respond to that. So when I used to wish death on people, back in the day I had to stop doing that, because whatever I said would definitely come true at some point for the, you know, person that, pissed me off or irritated me so if I'd be like oh I hope you fall downstairs and get stabbed in the eye with a cactus they really would they'd be like in Phoenix somewhere and be like oh my god I fell downstairs and got stabbed in the eye with a cactus so I try to keep positive things in the universe and so after this week with the weather you know um switching up on us going back to snow on the ground and I don't run in the snow I'm not that type of runner 
um, I'm hoping that I'm able to get out of bed, you know, a little bit earlier, go do my daily runs. I typically like to run for an hour, sometimes two, depending, get those endorphins going. Um, I don't really like running on the treadmill. I like the concrete. Um, and I'd like to be able to sign and mail out all the paperwork that's been piling up and sitting on my desk. And I'd like to also be able to walk into my mama's closet room get all that stuff cleaned out, what needs to go to the cleaners, go to the cleaners, what needs to get thrown out, thrown out, so that it can be renovated and then we can move forward in the process in my parents' house. And then I want to be able to say, throw it out, you know, and mean it, because I think that right after she passed away, I continued to hold on to things like I was going to be able to wear them. And my mom was like four foot 11, I'm five foot six. So <laughs> there's a lot of things that she, you know, she could wear and I can't. So, you know, um, I just want to be able to be, you know, void of these emotions and anxiety free. And I think that they're attached to these things um, that are in that house that I don't want to be attached to anymore, not necessarily because I have her memory. I am her, you know. So it's kind of like, you know, when I when I titled the show, It's Almost Over, it means that, you know, Saladin and I were having a conversation today because he's going to go um, take a look at his property that he's purchasing this week as well. So... Oh, I'm so tired. Excuse me out. Um, so he's going to be purchasing a property this week as well. And I'll tell you more about that because we're actually going to do a renovation story. It'll all be videotaped for HGTV and all that good stuff and do-it-yourself network. Because I, I just don't think that we see a lot of brown girls that are really interested in you know, renovations. You know, we always see the the country Texas girl or we see the, you know, the, the, the real estate duo team. And for me, it's more of a design aspect. It's more of a, you know, I have a, a great contractor that comes in and he's not about price gouging. He's about, his name's John. He's not about price gouging. He's all about, you know, well, not what's cheapest, but what's best for me, for the market, for the area, and saying, oh, you don't have to do that. You could just do this. So he'd rather put the money in his pocket for his hourly than to make me spend a bunch of money on a marble countertop that I don't need. You know what I'm saying? When I could chose a different material because I don't want my red wine staining it. You know what I mean? Because, of course, these are things that I think about. So, you know, as this week comes to a close, I think that it calls for a celebration Thursday night. Hopefully, me and my, my youngins will be up in um, Rochester celebrating that. They're trying to get me to drive. I said I do not want to drive because I'm always the one driving to Toronto when we go up there and when we do things. So I want, you know, to be able to relax. And I think that once I get over that one obstacle of having to, you know, clean out that room and just everything starting fresh, that means that the whole top level of my parents' house will be done and all I need to do is the bathroom. And then he starts coming downstairs and ripping out walls. And, again, it's a situation where it's like throw it out, throw it out, throw it out, throw it out. So I think that once I get through this right, and like I said, you know, my baby sister, she went through it, my brothers deal with this grief a little bit differently. And I was actually very impressed when I watched um, the VH1 special about Barbershop 3 where Common was talking about, you know, if you have a cousin that was murdered or if you have a brother or an uncle or an aunt or a mother or a sister, those things, we as black people or any minority, I don't think that we deal with it properly. You know, um, I think that we think it's like, oh, okay, well, oh, thank God it wasn't me or, you know, oh, you know, and you think that you just mourn that one day and it doesn't really work like that. There are days that literally I can't get out of bed. I can't. For no apparent-ass reason, I just I can't. So like I said, depression shows up in people, but we all know that I have post-traumatic stress disorder. And it's funny because one of my um, 
my old school friends that I've known since I was a little girl. He knew my brother. He knew my sister, um, Tony Blackman. He said that he thinks that, you know, him and I, because when people were talking about, you know, the suicide rate amongst veterans, I think it's like 22 a month or something like that, veterans when they come home from work based on PTSD and then lack of, you know, financial help as well as lack of people understanding um, what they went through, you, you can't go around killing people and think that you're going to come home and be normal. You can't go and see some of the shit that they see at war and think they're going to be normal. So if we are saying that we as a minority are in the streets looking at things that are warlike, I mean, there are parts of Niagara Falls that look worse than Detroit, that look worse than, you know, Iran. So it's like, you know, when we're constantly going to war every day, just even with each other, you know what I'm saying? There's a trauma that's associated with that that I don't think that we talk about. There's a trauma, you know, associated with getting a divorce, you know. So how come, you know, my Caucasian friends see that and they go and get the help they need? There's no stigma attached to it. They will tell you verbatim what medication they're on or what they do to try to sleep at night, whether it's, you know, melanin or, you know, mel- or not melanin, melatonin or whatever it is that they're trying to do. And we as black people, we're just like, nah, we're going to go get something to drink. We're going to go get Henny. Henny is not our friend. <laughs> black people, let me say this again, Henny is not our friend. You know, not every day, not when you're using it every day. Lately, Carmen Yer and Shiraz has been my friend. Those are my favorite, my favorite red wines. So I feel that, um, you know, people they judge what they don't know. And so it's like I was really happy that Common had mentioned the fact that we as black people, especially when we live in the inner city, which I do, you know, I live in the city where I live. I don't live in a suburb. I used to, but I don't live in a suburb. You know what I'm saying? My family, we, you know, we're straight up in the middle of everything, you know, but I'm not scared of my people. I'm not scared that, you know, this particular crackhead is going to come and rob me because I probably know him. You know what I'm saying? I probably knew him when I was a kid, you know, so I'm not afraid of my people. So it's funny when I was doing the final walkthrough to my house today, and we were talking about the neighborhood, and my neighborhood is not going to be a neighborhood that's going to be gentrified anytime soon. I'm buying the house because I'm genuinely in love with the house and the price point and the potential, not so much potential, but just what I'm going to do that I'm very excited about it. And um, I haven't been excited about something like that in a very long time. So that's why it's very important for me to share my journey of coming through post-traumatic stress disorder and being able to build new beautiful things and new beautiful spaces because that might be therapeutic for me. I watched a gentleman that he actually, he was a war veteran, you know, he was a war veteran, and he actually tames freaking lions and tigers. Like he got arrested because he was in the Bronx, if I'm not mistaken, and had a tiger <clears throat> in his apartment from like the time it was a baby. I don't even know where the fuck he got it from. So now they take him, and he's like the tiger whisperer. He he goes out to uh, Las Vegas. I think he went to jail for like a short, like six months for that. And they took his animals away, and that was his only way because he said, you know what? He said, with a human, I don't know where they're coming from. They could just kill me for no reason. He said, well, with an animal, I know when I've crossed the line, or they're going to give me some sort of sign that they're going to harm me, and I can get the hell out of there. He said, humans are much more savage than animals. He said, I am more afraid of humans than I am of animals, and I get it. You understand what I'm saying? Because it's humans that are causing all this mass destruction. It's humans that are building these bombs and blowing up fucking airports and things like that. So you can't really get a good read on a human where an animal, you expect an animal to be an animal. You know, you expect a tiger to be a tiger. You expect a lion to be a lion and a shark to be a shark. That's why I understand when motherfuckers get in the ocean, they be like, oh, my God, I got bit. What the fuck, what did you think was going to happen? You're in their domain. So this gentleman, he actually goes out to um, Las Vegas, and that's part of his therapeutic process is that he gets in 
a cage with his beloved tigers and lions that he raised. And I mean, this is a guy that like lived in the Bronx, like he was in the hood. This was not like somebody that, you know, grew up in this. He just felt more comfort with animals. And that's how I feel like when I'm by myself, I get more comfort when I'm by myself, I get more comfort looking at these older homes and looking at the fact that I can see, you know, progress and process that information. So a lot of times in people's job descriptions, especially in therapeutic communities, those are some of the lowest paid, just like teaching, some of the lowest paid jobs, and they burn out so quickly because you don't ever get to see a certain level of progress that you need to feel like what you're doing is making a difference. You understand what I'm saying? Me, I work a job that does not allow me to get burned out because it's some new shit every single fucking day. It's exciting. I, you know, I love my jobs. I have 50 of them. You know what I'm saying? But when I run my business, I run my business kind of at my own pace. So I do whatever the fuck I want to do. I don't care if I open my store up and it's one coffee mug on that bitch. That's my store. It's my coffee mug. I own the shit. Anything else you want, we can order it offline. And so I'm not as terrified of that as I am of, I I think I'm going to be more proud about owning this home outright and just being able to add that, you know, um, to add that to the community because the street that my house is on, you know, it's, it's a, not a main main street cause I'm too fucking paranoid for that, but it's a street where people are going to definitely see my house and I'm just definitely, you know, proud to be part of the community redevelopment myself as well as Saladin because we don't just live this shit. We 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 are who the fuck we say we are. I ain't scared of you motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? You know you come up on my front porch asking me for anything other than to buy a Girl Scout cookie. It's lights out. You know, and I never had to worry about that. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm from the hood. People think like, you know, me and my girlfriends were bougie and all of that stuff. Nah, we I tell people all the time I'm from off Highland. So you take that high road you want to take it. I'm from off Highland Avenue. If you come to this city, you know that Highland Avenue is the bridge that actually bridges the gap between one of the worst neighborhoods in the city and the rest of the city. You know, they they just came and we're talking about the fact that there's a, a food drought over there. There's no grocery store over Highland Avenue. There's corner stores. And matter of fact, there's not even a liquor store over there. You can go get some beer, but you can't get any liquor. And so I just you know, I just want to be a part of the the change that's making things in the city better. I'm not buying this house because I'm trying to, you know what I'm saying, hopefully 10 years from now it's worth, you know, 500000 That's not what this is for. This is because this is the first house that I've ever walked into and said, you know what, I don't need to move that wall. I don't need to break that down. I don't need to do anything. All I need to do is get this shit cleaned out, you know what I'm saying, have everything custom rebuilt on the inside and then have the outside painted black because I do want a black house. It's always been a dream of mine. So like I said before, I wasn't the little girl that had the dollhouse and, you know what I'm saying, cared about the pink and the purpleness. I've really just always been dark. So I always wanted a black house. It is a Victorian. It was built in the 1800s. So I'm very excited to try to keep some of the integrity of the home with the pocket doors and the, you know, the built-ins and things like that. But again, it goes back to reminding me of my youth because we grew up in houses like that. You know, my great grandma grew up on the east, you know, was living on the east side of Buffalo off Wollers. You know what I'm saying? On Donaldson Road in a, a very teeny tiny house. But I remember going to her house, not realizing it was in the hood, not realizing people get shot oh, oh, uh, down the street from her every day. Okay. And she had a koi pond in the bag. She had a little waterfall. You know, she was out there with, cutting her little grass with the scissors. She had a garage built back there. So, I mean, and I think that her house, when she passed away, I think it was worth like 30000 something like that. All original wood, all, you know, custom carpeting. Everything was done, mid-century modern. So it's just, it's a matter of, 
you know, just this is something that I've been wanting to do for a long time and because I need the space. I can no longer keep, you know, affording to pay for storage units here, there, and everywhere in between because I have, you know, my summer clothes, my winter clothes, and then people think, like, well, I'm not the type of person that's going to sit up and post every fucking outfit of the day. I'm not that fucking important. It doesn't matter. When I feel like I'm looking cute, then I'll take a picture. I haven't felt like I look cute all week. And so that's why I was really disappointed yesterday that, I had a situation where I was supposed to have a meeting with a gentleman and it didn't come through. And it's just like, people don't understand like what it's like for me to have to get up, take time away from my kid, actually comb my fucking hair, put some lotion on my face and, and really get out of my house to be prepared to tackle the day. So when you waste my time, that's worse than wasted fucking money. And I'm not going to ever have a conversation with you again about it. You know, because my time is of the essence. I have, I don't even know how I do the shit that I do. Like, sometimes I don't sleep. I call my homegirl this morning at 7 o'clock in the morning because I haven't been to sleep yet. Just up with ideas and just excitement about this house and just picking out things. And I've been on um, the website. It's called House, H-O-U-Z-Z. I will promote them all day, every day. And a lot of the houses that a lot of people don't understand are in Toronto area, Edmonton, you know, Mississauga. There's a lot of homes that are not that far from where we live that have been featured on there. And it's just really good to see the before and after stories of people that want to live in the inner city that are taking their homes and modernizing them like something that you would just fucking walk past on the outside and not think anything of it. And that's that little bit of New York in me as well. As soon as I graduated high school, I moved to New York City and went to Pace University. That's what I did. I lived in New York for many, many years. You know, my, my family lived on 150th and Riverside, and they moved out to White Plains. You know, I was living in Weehawken at one point. So I'm a city girl all the way. I don't want... I'm not really a suburb girl. When I lived in Florida, we were in the suburbs because, I mean, the inner city in Tampa is a little bit different. You know, it's not pretty. It's not picturesque. The houses are not pink and blue and, you know, like something you would see in Miami, you know. But or in Little Havana. So right now I'm just in a place where I'm I'm hoping that once this week closes that it will be like a big weight lifted off my shoulders and then I can move forward with the next situation, which is getting the inventory and everything I need done for my store. And um, it's sad because, you know, you want to do business with people and then you find out that they're labs, they're local ass bitches. And there's nothing, men included, there's nothing that you could do about that. And I always prided myself on being able to say that you can drop me in the middle of a room, whether it's in the Congressional Black Caucus, whether it's, you know, in Hollywood, whether it's in Atlanta, whether it's in a church, whether it's in Alabama, and I'm going to be able to deal with that situation. And a lot of people, because they're so close-minded or they've never left their areas or their hoods, you can't do that with them. They don't know anything other than what's in their hood, and they don't want to know. Let's be clear on that shit. They don't want to know. Anytime I've offered somebody the opportunity to either get money or to try to show them a better way, they always, like, fucking spit in my face, proverbially, of course. Um, and they don't want to learn. They don't want to – you understand what I'm saying? They don't want to do anything. So it's kind of like we don't really have shit to talk about. Like, we're not getting money together, then we don't have nothing to talk about at all. I don't care what kind of fucking relationship it is. We don't have shit to talk about. We are past the where you're going to woo me stage. And what's really disappointing is that we have a society of men that will say any fucking thing to women and we just eat the shit up. I'm not, I'm not that type. I'll eat your fucking face off. Like I don't, cause I don't have to talk to nobody. That's like my famous last words. Motherfucker, I don't have to talk to you for what? You know what I'm saying? If I want to go get my rocks off, I'll get on a plane. I'll go get that done. What do, what, what do you, what are you bringing? Come on. Anything else? You understand what I'm saying? As far as money is concerned, money comes, money goes. It's cyclic. One minute I might have some, the next minute I don't. But I know I can always go get money as long as I'm, you know, healthy. So really, 
it's like I said before, you have nothing to threaten me with. What you going to do, not pay my bills? You ain't been paying my bills. I've been paying them. So what the fuck is your purpose? And that's where a lot of men have to understand that you're getting into dangerous territory when you deal with women like me that really didn't need you for shit in the first place. Yeah, you cute and all, but so is this motherfucker over here. And so is that one over there, and so is this one over here, and they're not giving me fucking headaches. You understand what I'm saying? And it pissed me off to watch, because um, y'all know I love my Ratchet TV, to watch... Um, the uh, the Love and Hip Hop Atlanta where he, you know, she says, why are you sleeping with her? And he finally admits it, yes. And he goes, but I told you the truth. But I'm like, but hold up. You told the truth after you had already been fucking lying. That kind of don't count. So that's why she ripped the fucking flowers up, which that was an entire act. I want to let the motherfucker in the house anyway if he ain't paying no bills up in there. And how you going to deal with a dude that got fucking split ends? Like, his hair is almost nicer than yours. He just got split ends. Like, I couldn't deal with that shit. So, and the two females look like damn near identical twins. What the fuck is that? Y'all should as soon as y'all seen each other known that who that y'all was sharing penis. Y'all should have known. Because I could look at a girl and be like, mm-hmm, he probably did fuck with her. You understand what I'm saying? Just based on what you got to know what your man likes. So, you know, and then she's like, I'm not going to waste it. You know, I'm not going to throw a year of my time in the garbage. Y'all are putting him in a situation where he thinks he is a pimp and he thinks he is God. That is a no-win situation because neither one of you are, are, can win. Because what if he just chooses not to fuck with neither one of y'all and just move on? And I also don't like the fact that the young lady said, well, because this girl's a convicted felon and this, that, and the third, I don't want you, you know, to have the baby around her. Therefore, you can't see your child. That's fucking wrong. I get it that you don't want him to see him because, you know, she got felonies and shit. But, I mean, your kid been around him for the last year. That's on him. And this is what people have to understand is – um. Um, hold on. What people got to understand is that, you know, I could sit there and and say that I didn't want my son to go see his um his dad because his wife and all this other stuff. And I've done background checks on people. Not a big deal. But, you know, what I have to do is have faith that I know that my ex-husband is not going to let anything happen to his heir. He's not going to let anything happen to his son. So I wouldn't give a fuck if you committed armed robbery, whatever the fuck you did. Not Not today, you won't. You know what I'm saying? So, and I just, I felt bad that she was using that as a reason that he couldn't see his child because he was cheating on her with another chick. Now, if that's what you really felt, you know what I'm saying? Why did you not know that you're, it's just, it's all fucked up and it just, it makes black men look bad. It makes you look really fucked up that you couldn't go tell this woman, mother of four, the mother of your child, that, hey, I have a girlfriend, our son is around this broad, yeah, she's been arrested a few times. So now, what men don't understand is that you put the baby's mom in a dangerous situation because now they know who she is, but she don't know who they are. These bitches don't went up to her job. See, and that's what men don't understand. That's how come that girl ended up getting her hand broke and all that other stuff. I don't have time for the shits. And that's something that, that causes anxiety. So if you're causing me all these problems, we you don't have to make a choice. I'm going to just let you go because I don't have to talk to you, your daddy, none of y'all. I don't give a shit. And she don't got no kid by him. So she's not, you know, and then we have to get out of this notion, too, that no matter what, he's going to be involved with me forever because we got a kid. Not necessarily. Motherfuckers get up and move across the country all the time. Not every man is invested in being a father, okay? He already done went to jail. And then it's sad because you see this girl, the baby's mom was like, I held you down when you was in jail. And what did he do? He got out and he still fucked you over. And you, both you broads are going to still fuck with him. And that's the part that makes me sick. 
because it just it's a continuous embarrassment. And I do want to definitely send a shout out to Tammy. I love the way that she handled the situation with Waka and the comments that he said about Caitlyn Jenner. I agree. It was not anything that was about the transgender community. It's just basically when you have, they have a 10 year old um, daughter, when you have kids that are at that age and they're coming to you and you're you have to explain to them a Caitlyn Jenner situation. How come it is that it's okay for y'all to shove that down our throat? How about if I didn't want my son to know about that right now? We haven't had the birds and the bees conversation. How do you know that? And now it's everywhere, right? You try explaining how he got woman of the year, but he was just a man last year. He ain't even been a woman long enough to get a period. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, so he hasn't given birth. So I, I don't understand it. But like I said, that's their choice. So for me, you know, and I have, you know, LGBT community all up and through my family, not transgender, but definitely, you know, gay. So for me, I just, I don't understand why it's not okay for someone to say, you know what, I, I don't like that shit. Why is it not okay? Y'all have a lot of shit to say about things that we do in heterosexual relationships and being straight that y'all don't like. You know what I'm saying? Y'all be real quick to tell on a man when he's, you know, double dipping. You know what I'm saying? But it's not okay for her husband to have an opinion about it. And so I'm not saying she did right by slapping her over the table. What's the girl name? The little raggy girl remind me of Latoya Jackson. Um, I'm not saying that it was right that she slapped her over the table, but Tammy done already told y'all ten times she's not here with the shit. She done fought for her mother-in-law, Deb. She done fought for, you know what I'm saying, her husband, and that's her husband. That's what she's supposed to do. Y'all chicks be out here fighting for dudes that don't even fucking claim you. Like, this is just so embarrassing to me. So I definitely want to applaud Tammy for that, and I'm I'm so thankful and, and, and happy that she's doing her line and she's sticking with it because I hate when women drop bombs and they be like, yeah, I'm finna do this and I'm finna do that, and then the finna never happens, you know. So I'm I'm always glad to see women, you know, Latina women, black women, white women, any woman just doing her thing and being able to, to, to handle business with or without the man. And, you know, she she said something that was pretty – the other girl said something that was pretty um, fucked up, and she says, you know, your only claim to fame is that you married a rapper. So what? And then I'm thinking to myself, but it was if it was so easy, then why didn't you do it? Ain't nobody marrying you over here messing with little Scrappy, who at one point was $50,000 behind on child support. Come on now. You can't, you know what I'm saying? Like, you got to stay in your lane when it comes to certain things, you know what I'm saying? And you're a single girl, and then, you know, shout out to the transgender chick that's going through D. Smith, which, you know, a lot of people don't know that he... Uh, in his male form was, you know, helping people producing and, and doing stuff like that in the music industry. He's been in the industry for over 10 years, so he's done stuff, I want to say, with Christina Aguilera, Justin Bieber, and um, I think Katy Perry and somebody else. I can't remember. But what I'm saying is that we have the power to do whatever the fuck it is that we want, and it all just starts with you just saying no. You know, when it when it's over and it's done with it, there's nothing you can do, just say fucking no. You know what I'm saying? You you women, you give these men all this power when you really have the power when you just walk the fuck away. There is nothing more powerful than just being able to walk the fuck away from any situation that causes you anxiety, that causes you grief, that causes you to raise your voice, that causes you to get out of character. No one man should have all that power, and I'm not the only one that said it. Kanye said it, too. You guys wish me luck. Thank you so much for listening. Tell the Truth Tuesday, D. Scott. And- uh-huh. I'm living in that 21st century, doing something mean to it. Do it better than anybody you ever seen. Do it. Scream from the haters. Got a nice ring to it. I guess baby, you really don't need the same music. No one man to have all that power. 
broken, the school's closed, the prison's open. We ain't got nothing to lose, motherfucker, we rollin'. Uh, motherfucker, we rollin'. With some light-skinned girls and some jelly rollin'. And this white man world, we the ones chosen. So good night, fool world, I see you in the morning. Uh, I see you in the morning. This is way too much, I need a moment. No one man to have all that power. The clock's ticking, I just count the hours. Stop chipping, I'm chipping off the power. Heal in, fuck that, the world's ours. Fucking nation, they say I was a-